Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you. I'm Roger. We can't actually see them. I don't know. What was great to see them? Yes. Seriously? I love all of our viewers and listeners that I can see them in my mind right now. They're, it's, some, it's some beautiful, amazing people. I can hear you listening just as Roger can see you yeah. right now. We're, we're so like, happy to be We're like Santa. You. We know when you've been sleeping. We, we know when you're awake. Ooh, that sounds kind of creepy. We know if you've been bad or good. Santa the stalker. For goodness sake. Oh. Hey, I'm Bruce, and I am the critically important part of the duo Inglorious Pastors. You are my co-host, so it, you are important. Well, you know, we're we're recording this on Wednesday, December 16th, which is a huge day. Yes, it's... Oh, gosh, is this your anniversary? Yes! Yes! Oh, my, that's the day after my son and granddaughter's birthday. Yeah, you should be able to remember that. Uh, <laughs> I should so what, be able to remember what that. What did you get us? So, I it's dinner tonight at... My home of your choice. Well, that's unfortunate because I've got us reservations at Connor's tonight. <laughs> so, I guess we could go there first for some appetizers. Well, why are you and I going to Connor's on your anniversary? <laughs> Not you and I, no. Nope. So, hey, you'll love this. This uh, got an interesting call from the Vatican this morning. I it, Any call I get from the Vatican is always interesting. <laughs> yep. Marlena has officially been named as a saint. Marlena is now called the Marlena Patron Saint of Forbearance. So this must mean you've done something really screwy, and she's been patient again. No, just 37 years of it. I mean, there's 37 years of screwing. Oh, okay. Or so good, the, I mean, nothing that I know of. Right. So the saintage is just surrounding your entire marriage. Well, look she's at it been. as sort of a lifetime achievement award for Marlena. Okay. <laughs> And that means in 13 years, we will have been married 40 years. Fifth, see, okay, here, can you see my eye? Yeah. No, you're definitely I've got right. a sinus infection. I'm definitely a little, I'm not going to be on my game today. You look awful. Well, that's because I can't put contacts in <laughs> because this eye just rejects them. It's so swollen. It just doi, 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 doi. Yeah. Jeez. I'm looking like John R. Rice. So the, sorry the about lazy eye, that. The drooping eyelid thing going on there. Well, I'm just glad you showed up today. Yes. <laughs> Even though you'll have nothing to say. Nope. Here's what I want to tell you. If you if you go to hand the baton off to me... 50-50 <laughs> whether and it I'm, will be received. <laughs> I'm looking. Even if I'm looking you right in the eye, it's 50-50 on whether or not I'm going to be able to respond with anything. So... Don't land the plane too quickly, all right? <laughs> be ready to do one of those... Re it's kind of fun to watch this up there, too, isn't it? This may be the shortest podcast ever. And we're done. It's been great to talk to you. <laughs> Super. Is it too late to talk about sponsorships? Well, I guess we wouldn't have a complete podcast if we hadn't... didn't have a desperate plea for, <laughs> for sponsors. It's really gotten ugly now. I think we should... Maybe just stop the pleas. Well, no, no more, no more pleas. But this is, you know, season three is winding down, and that means season four is going to take off in January. And I just want people to know. I want them to be thinking ahead about 
how they could be a part of the Inglorious Bastards and have their product or personhood or whatever project. It's three Ps. Why do <laughs> pastors do that? We can't, we cannot stop the alliteration. It's crazy. So, yes, contact, well, contact me if you want to sponsor us. And Maybe one of the reasons we're having trouble with sponsorship, at least on the video side, is that <laughs> half of our videos don't have sound. Again, we don't, we don't actually know for sure. Roger's trying a whole new podcasting recording thing. We literally, I'm trying new podcasting recording software because our former software turned off. That can't be good. <laughs> that can't be good. Yep. Our is your, former is your phone on? <laughs> our former software started muting Bruce. I mean, literally. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is ridiculous. So Roger would talk just like he's talking now. Normal voice should hear him, and then I would talk, and it was this muffled. Oh, it's it was like like Charlie Brown's teacher or something. You but tar Charlie Brown's teacher, but quieter. But quieter, yes. Right. So you're like. <laughs> It wasn't good, so I don't know where we're going with that, other than big day, happy anniversary to Marlena, yes, and I, yeah, Mary, yeah, which means you guys have already hit thirty-seven. Yes, we're just slammed into it, as I recall. Uh, it's been a wild ride, but <laughs> but we've yeah. I just look now. Any you know how. I was reading a fascinating... So I've been doing some... I've been tracking the Bee Gees lately. So it's... Anyway... But kind you know, of... I did not see that coming. I know these are unscripted and, you know, every now and then we throw a little something. No, You've so, been so tracking a few the things. Bee Gees. Well, as a kid, now I... I love the Bee Gees. I mean, that Barry was just... Barry Gibb. Boris Gibb. No, not Bernard Boris. Bernard Gibb. <laughs> It was Barry, Barry, Maurice, Robin, and Andy. Andy. But I thought they all had bees. Just the, that's because you have a sinus infection. <laughs> I do have a sinus infection. It's true. Anyway, okay. What's significant? Well, there, so for those of you who track the story, I mean, it's it's. Um, they grew up in Australia, quite poor. I mean, so I think they were very. You know, and so at a certain point, Barry talks that they were, yeah, screaming for money. They that that they used music just to survive as kids. Oh wow! That that um, for their household income. So anyway, they did some stuff. They might have even been signed to a label or something in Australia. They decided to move to London, and then they blow up. <clears throat> And it's interesting talk listening to hmm. Barry talk about it, who's the only surviving. Now that's the other thing I didn't realize. So Barry's the only one He's the B G. Literally B G. Right. No, there's it's just B G. There's not there are no more there's not an S. But the the sad story is at age thirty, Andy died. Um, his heart couldn't take from all the cocaine abuse. So at a certain point, his heart just stopped working. And then the other two, Maurice and Robin, went longer. Both of them, Barry said, had some demons. You know, I think one was yeah. maybe amphetamines and one was alcohol. 
and kind of took a toll and uh, but they they did music i watched um a concert of theirs from 97 which was just fascinating just them as artists but where i'm going with it even if related to what you were saying what uh, was I? barry said <clears throat> he basically said um when my brothers were into this or that he said my wife would have none of it he said if i ever if anything ever came to the house it would be thrown down the toilet he said she never well barry and his wife just recently celebrated their 50th wow. anniversary which is remarkable for any marriage but a music industry marriage well and when for for a period of time your husband was a sex symbol in culture oh gosh majorly. right right that's when the crazy gold medallions and chest hair <laughs> right. were in no they were the they mm -hmm. um and so yes that's beautiful everyone's kept it is beautiful but it really and and looking this up it's right now he's he's there's he seems to be the kind of nostalgic really and just doing some interviews right now he's got a project i think with dolly parton some others okay in terms of um you know some redos of remakes of some of their music but i was reminded again just his story the significance of a marriage yeah. and and not only gosh how much work it takes to go 37 years um but how much reward and blessing, you know, he could point to, hey, there, literally, that she, she saved my life. If I say she, she it's, it would seem elongated his life yes. considerably. And I would say, I think we often don't get as clear a glimpse of that. Mm -hmm. But I look at my marriage to joy. Um, I am just a better person. I, it's, I can't even picture my life apart from her and the person I am, I would not be the same person without 37 years of someone who is, I'm going to be there. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm going to love you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to put up with this. I'm, but the enrichment that comes from just the companionship yeah, you get at this age of, of our lives and um, and I ate for people who maybe in a season like this feel very alone. They don't have, um, so it's just thinking about the wonder. It's just marriage itself as this, as this thing God dreamed up. Um, that's some really, really hard work. Um, but but the rewards that come from staying with it and and well, yeah yeah and long hauling it. You know, yeah. I, I, when when couples come out of us and they're sideways and you know sometimes they've been together twenty years and we all have historic hurts in our marriage and things that that even can sabotage our present if we're not careful. Yeah. The things that we've experienced in the past and, I, and they're like we're considering a divorce or you know I always tell them well give it fifty years. <laughs> and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like no sir give it fifty years. If you guys That's cannot good. make it work after fifty years, I will bless your divorce. But a lot of times I realize, and, and Mar this is where Marlene and I have probably grown the most, we end up, in relationships, but particularly in marriage for some reason, we end up making big deals about things that aren't big deals, but then they become big deals. And that little thing, that's a very small thing, can become such a big deal, yes. people end up splitting up over yes. it. Yes. Marlene and I realize we move more and more toward marital harmony 
is more important to us than being right. Okay. About some, it just is. Yeah. And I could, you know, we could argue back and forth about. Well, I know you said. Well, no, I didn't say that. I would. We just don't do that anymore. I just say this. I miscommunicated that. I'm so sorry. And that, now think about that. I could argue. Well, no, I said this, and I remember saying this. And, what it, it just doesn't help. The other, you know, yeah. I've said this a million times. The other thing is we're just super gracious to each other. When we blow it, we say so. I mean, we, we acknowledge it. And, and you've got a lot of practice doing that, right? That's my oh understanding. My, my gosh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Why don't you give us a, most, a, a really recent example? <laughs> oh, like this morning when Marlena said happy anniversary, and I said what? When? <laughs> <laughs> that went well. <laughs> that went well. No, no, no. She already knew I had I had gotten a, a dinner date for us, so she knew I was I was thinking well ahead on this one. Good for you. But this this idea of I was thinking this is kind of what was been on my heart all week, working with a lot of couples, <laughs> and I realized in 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 that marriage relationship sometimes we get into almost um, we get used to it, antagonism or snarkiness or sarcasm, hmm. and I was telling couples this week I'm trying to move couples toward be kind and tender hearted, forgiving one another. There's something about that. There's a verse that has those components yes. in it. And I thought, if you know, if we would just do that in our marriages, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. It's this graciousness. It's a gentleness in the way that even if we have a disagreement or someone's disappointed us or let us down, let's be kind about that. Or tenderhearted. The idea of tenderhearted to me is empathetic. Yeah. In other words, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Instead of assuming the worst, you did this because you're diabolical and you're trying to destroy my life. Hey, you've had a you've had a really tough day right now, or you've had a lot going. The tender-hearted says, "I'm looking at the other person, going, I'm trying to enter their world." And I realize what we need in marriage is more and more. This is just from my experience. We need empathy. Yeah, just empathy. You know, I've had this sinus infection for three days. Back in the old days, this is I'm not throwing Marlene out of the bus, but we've all grown. You know, but I would get sick, and Marlene would like, you know, suck it up, soldier. I mean, Marlene is very much, you know, you just get through it. Marlene can actually work. Weeks with sinus infections. Oh no, right. She's I mean, I just that. shut yeah, down, but right. she. But I mean, this is brutal. Terrible headache. My eyes start swelling and all that. And she has just said, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." She's not telling me what I need to do. You need to take this medication. You need to do this. You need to do this. <clears throat> She's empathizing right. with my pain. Now, I've, I've. She did pull out a neti pot. Are you guys even familiar with that? The <laughs> neti pot. You probably should. Yeah. Do you say nutty pot? No, neti. N e t i. Any but what you, it, you're gonna love this. Okay. You take warm, uh, distilled water and basically put salt in it. What does it amount to? Sodium bicarbonate, whatever. And and then you you take this neti pot that's it's almost like a tea pitcher, and you insert it in one nostril until there's an airlock. It has to be sealed. I'm loving this already. No. Then you <laughs> tilt your head to the side, making sure that your forehead is still above your chin because you don't want to drown. Right. And then you let gravity just run that saline solution through your sinuses, and it actually drains out your other nostril. You have to be over a sink or in the shower to do this. But listen, friends, it's the most wonderful feeling. You, feel, you just feel like everything bad up in your head is just draining out. Uh, all that to say. Stop doing drugs and do the neti pot. Do the neti pot. Uh, but just think about that in your relationship with your spouse. This, <laughs> not not the neti pot. Where? <laughs> no, stop. The kind. He has a sinus infection today, folks. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Yeah, well, it, the empathy piece. I think one of the things that has helped me be less of a jerk. Okay, we'll use that. <laughs> I was just thinking of something that was radio appropriate. 
Yes, thanks for catching me there. Um, but is the um, believing the best? Because mm -hmm. it is it about, and again, these are actually Bible instructions. When you were talking about be kind, or whatever, I think that's Ephesians yep. four, and and then this, you know, First Corinthians thirteen. Love believes all things. Love believes the the, the best. The best. Yeah. And I realized. I the best. <clears throat> yes. But I realized, you would think, I would just naturally do that. But I think this part of the brokenness in oh, us, yeah. part of the sin in us, is we take someone's behavior, and that there we're drawn to putting the worst spin on it. Right. The opposite of tenderhearted in one sense is cynical. <clears throat> Or yes. Skeptic. I look at everything skeptically or right. cynically. Right. They did that because. Absolutely. They when don't I, care about me. Right. They don't care. So I'll read into an mm -hmm. action, and I'll read the worst possible. Even if my wife forgot something, again. Well, I forget things all the time. I mean, that's actually part of my shtick. I for, I forget things, and one of my weaknesses, and. But it's stunning. She can forget something and like, oh, she doesn't care or she's not paying attention or. She didn't forget that. She just didn't want to do it. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the that's right. where it gets worse and worse. Where you're, you know, um, it's she's late. She says she's going to be she's late. And where I get, you know, well, that's because it's just funny. And it's funny. I don't do what I do for myself, because oh, yeah. when I'm late, I give myself an out. Right. Someone put it this way. I think you know. I might put an environmental reason. I was late because I got caught in traffic. I was late. Um, oh, when you said environmental reason, I thought you meant like because the ducks are flying south. <laughs> right. I've never used an environmental reason. That's hilarious. So or just something related. I'm to, late today because of global it's, warming. In other words, it's not. It's not any flaw on my part. Right. It was circumstances right. around me, right? But I'll do just, I can, I'll find I do just the opposite. So Joy's late. It's not that she ran into traffic. It's not that she ran into a situation, environmental reason. It's, it's something related to her character. It's something related to her. She just doesn't pay attention or she, well, I realized I have to counter that all the time. Yeah. It's just, let's just assume the very possible, okay, whatever is going on here, what's the best possible explanation of that, of why she said that? Even what, again, um, well, this is where the empathy comes in. I start putting myself in her shoes or, start, or even my own and say, oh, I've been there before. So, and I, <clears throat> so any, I think one of the things that's helped us in getting the 37 years of marriage is the discipline of the work. And I still have to work at it. I mean, I've taught on this. This is something here. We're podcasting, whatever. I know this, but it's funny. I still, I still have to work, believe the best, whatever things happen here. Of course, not just with our spouses, with anybody, anybody. but Let's believe the best possible scenario. And what I can really be bad about is if someone I know, a friend or my wife, or has a history with something. 
it's even that much easier for me to just oh I'll just assume the, the worst, worst. Um, she's just this way he's just that way that's just what he does and man you have to you have to fight that all the time and this this idea of again being tender hearted to another person says I'm going to assume the worst no I'm going to assume the best right. I'm going to love them I'm going to be empathetic I even thought about this even in communication I've been thinking more about if someone doesn't hear what I'm saying I can assume it's their fault they're just not listening or they're right. not paying attention they're not hearing or I can assume I'm not communicating this as well as I yes. thought the older I get the more I'm willing to take responsibility if that person didn't hear what I'm right. saying I'm going to say I miscommunicated or I didn't communicate that well, I realize there's times where a person just doesn't listen. Right. But I realize, no, the older I get, I'm more okay saying, I need to work harder at communicating that well. If they're not getting something that I'm saying, it might be me. In other words, I'm assuming the problem was on this end, not on that. And that's just another component of that, assuming the best of others, and maybe even the worst of myself in that moment. Well, it's fine. I'm glad you said, because, I mean, history has shown, for me, I have misspoken Many times. And you can't even remember What's well, funny? Well, you know, sometimes you'll say something and you're sure you, you sure said you this. You communicated this. Right. But there have been times I realize, or you look back on a recording, listen to a recording, whatever, you realize you didn't. So it, it's why the what you're saying is so why is it so helpful is I, I work, I'm better about this now that um, if Joy tells me, well, I don't think you said that. Yeah. Again, in the past, where it's more more quickly, you're gonna I absolutely. Yes, you're gonna argue it. But I've had enough history with my own fallibility, and I've had enough history with my own crappy memory, to be able to more often say, even when I'm sure I said a thing. Right. But again, I've been sure in the past and been wrong, so even when I'm sure, I can say, you know what? I probably didn't say that or you know you probably did tell me that and i've just forgotten yeah absolutely so <laughs> this is where this is where it happened last saturday i'm driving back from louisiana it's getting late and i wasn't getting home until like 6 30 so i had called marlena okay and i said i said hey you know are, are we having anything supper are you cooking supper tonight she goes no i don't have anything you know planned you know if you want to if you want to cook something when you get in you can and i said well i'll just pick up something on the way now what I was meaning was, I, I, I see what's happening. I'm gonna here. stop at Wendy's over here and get a single with fries and a and a sweet tea, and then when I get there, you know, no one has to worry about dinner. Well, I got home and Marlena, Zach, and Carly are all wait. Do you go by the store to pick up dinner? What are we having? And I'm like, I didn't say I was going to the store to pick up dinner. And then I realized that I'd come back and say, I miscommunicated. Because I just said, I'll pick some, up something on the way. Right. Marlena understood that. Uh, you're going to, like I know, because I normally do that. Right. I'll, I'll pick up food on the way home from <laughs> the office and then I'll make it that night. Right. Or now I could, but I could have gotten angry and no, I, just, I hadn't, to blah, 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 blah. I was, of course right. I was getting food for me. What are you about? Right. It's just not worth right. it. It's just, this was so obvious. You should have. Right. But those are, you and you talked about this earlier. This is that thing why little things like that can be a little spark, and if they start a little smolder. Oh yeah, you start a little smolder, <clears throat> and again, if it's if you don't turn around with that more quick kindness, apology, 
owning it, those kind of, well, when you do that, it puts out that the smolder. I mean, it, that, that's like putting water on. Um, but when you refuse, you know, I'm, oh, I looked bad, or it makes me, you know, why wouldn't you have known that? Or whatever. Well, now I'm feeding that. I'm blowing. I'm blowing on that spark. I'm blowing right. on that smolder. And it's just so, if we can more quickly just, not that we do this all the time, but again, this is the learning is to, to more quickly <clears throat> pause. Isn't it the scripture? It is the scripture that says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And sometimes for me, I think that just means before I say anything, slow down. Slow to speak is oh, yeah. just, okay, let's wait. And now I have time to empathize. I have time to put myself in the shoes. I have a, a, I have time to think about. Oh, you know what? I've done that. I've done that before too. Well, and this is a lot. A lot of what I teach couples, even when we do marriage stuff, I call it a listening exercise, and I use that verse. You know, everyone should be slow to speak, but quick to listen. I think about quick. The idea of quick to listen, eager to listen. When I'm <laughs> when I'm conversing with someone, often my spouse, I am eager to talk. I'm eager to share this thing that's a problem. Defend. Or defend or whatever that thing is, but. Slow to become angry. Well, all of those things work together. And they all work when together. I'm quick to listen, I'm going to be slower to anger. And so I work with couples and I say, here's if your spouse shares something that, that they've been hurt by or that's bothering them or they, they're concerned about, here's six words you, you can say every time. And, and you can't go wrong with these. I'm so sorry. Tell me more. Does a, it does a couple of things. In our culture, we're being conditioned to react to things very rapidly. And and that's, you know, I call it the four, right. four Ds yep. that destroy marriage. Dismissive, uh, defensive, deflection, where, oh, you but you do that same thing. Yep. Or just denial. You know, I, I didn't do that, whatever that is. Four, I, four forms of not listening. Four, yes. Four forms of slow to listen. <laughs> of, of slow to listen and quick yes. to speak. But instead, if you say, I'm so sorry. And again, when you say I'm so sorry in that context, you're not apologizing for a great moral wrong that you've done you're empathizing with that person and and please by the way guys in particular don't say i'm sorry you feel that way because that doesn't work that's not the same thing at all you just you're right you just say i'm sorry you have a problem exactly. with your feelings exactly that's what you're sort of i, I i'm sorry that you're so fragile and emotionally over, unhealthy oversensitive whiny baby pee pee pants over there so you say, I'm so sorry, tell me did, more. Did you just say pee-pee pants? I did. <laughs> I got that from... He, he has a sinus infection, folks. <laughs> no, I got that from Toya Poplar. She's like, she's like, I could never go on one of your hikes. I would be a whiny baby pee-pee pants. And I'm like, that's just the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever you, heard. Thank you, Toya, for Thank contributing you, Toya. to our podcast. No, where was I? <laughs> I was saying, all right, so, so I, I'm so sorry, tell me more. Does A couple of things. That's it, so good. It keeps you from reacting. Now, I'm not even... I haven't said anything in response to that other than tell me more. It's that quick to listen. I need to gather more information. But here's what I also realized. It gives the other person a chance to clarify. They may have said it real strong in this way. Good. But it yes. gives them a chance to soften and go, I just, I'm just really frustrated about da 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 Oh, man. And then all I tell this person to do now is just repeat back exactly what you heard. And by the way, in, in 25 years of no pastoral counseling, there's only been one person that's been able to repeat back to that their spouse exactly what they said. Wow. Because we listen with judgment and interpretation. You know, and it's like, no, she didn't say that. So, But after that person has 
Yes, that's what I'm, the person repeats it and they say, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Now you're in a place where you're ready to respond because you've slowed the whole conversation down. It's not built on reactions. And even then, sometimes the best thing I can say is, hey, Merlin, let me process that a little bit. All right. In other words, it's not essential that we, if I've done wrong, I just need to own it and say, hey, I, I, I did wrong. I'm sorry, right. that was the wrong thing to do. But sometimes I need to process what she's saying so that I can respond to it in a healthy way. And, and even in that pullback, I can go, you know, she's right, I hadn't really thought about it, but I think I've been da, 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 whatever that thing is. Yeah. So the point of that being, <laughs> slow your conversations down. I, uh, if, if couples that have done counseling with me know what I'm talking about when I say you're compressing a conversation or you're having a compressed conversation. It means you're trying to wedge this hugely important topic, like about whether or not we're gonna have children. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm in a seven minute time frame before you go out the door to this thing. You, it's the worst time in the world because when a conversation is compressed, you're almost forced to react. You're, you have to be quick to speak. Instead, you, yeah. <laughs> well, I realized Marlene and I were getting some of our worst arguments because we're trying to have a very important talk about parenting, let's say, right before we're going into this thing or there's something else that's coming up or a decision yeah. has to be made in the next hour about something that we've known about for a week. But we don't deal with it, we don't discuss it, we don't discuss it. And so an hour before that decision has to be made, we compress it. It's the worst possible time to talk about right. it. Because yeah. now we feel the press of, we've got to go one way or the other on yeah. this. No one has time to, yeah. to process. So that's another component of quick to listen, but slow to speak. And if you're like me, I was thinking with a little bit of regret, I realized one of the things that's happened in our marriage particularly from early years, but I'm not, and even there's still a battle with it, but I realize because I've been quick to anger more often than not, um, I think one of the scars probably for Joy a bit is yeah. this concern that she's going to make me angry. Mm -hmm. um, she, that she's almost anticipating. So when she's, yep. so when she's sharing something, I realize that one of the things that that's just a part of, okay, that's, that's been something I've brought to our relationship, brokenness. historic brokenness, that to this day, I think she still has a fear when she's going to share or talk to me about something that's going to make me mad. And I, <clears throat> but such a gift when I was hearing you say, again, I just remind, if I say, tell me more, yeah. where, where she can be concerned uh -huh. Even if she just says a few words, that I'm just going to meet it right. and react. I'm going to say all these even, things. She might even truncate it to see how safe it's going to be. Yes, right. Just to, to put a little thing yep. out there, or even in advance, I'm trying to. Maybe she's just hoping to get a little bit of a hearing. So can she soften it? Maybe, like you said, she doesn't even going to tell me what's really going on, whatever, because of the fear factor. But the more I'm doing to create an environment that says, I want to listen. I. So I just like that phrase. I don't know that I've used that. So I'm just thinking this is a helpful, tell me more. I, I, I probably done something like that, but just that, th those it's, three it's words. It's just invitational. No, it's just invitation. Um, yeah, yeah. let me know what. Le and here's yeah, the, that's good. Here's the other thing that, because uh, you, when you talk about, you know, Joy's response to you. Well, I know that I've established an unhealthy pattern because sometimes Marlena will come to me and she'll say these words first. Don't be angry with me, but. Right, yep. So I realize she's about to approach a topic that I have historically 
become angry about. And here's the other thing that I had to, to come to grips with. <laughs> Marlena doesn't make me angry. Okay? That's not like... If I say Marlena makes me angry, mm. I'm saying she's at fault. Oh, well, she made me angry. Yeah. Marlena doesn't make me angry, but I appreciate her saying, don't be angry because it, re it, it reminds me, hey, I need to be cool about this. I need to listen, and I need to be very cool in my response to this because I have historically become very angry quickly. And it was slow to anger. Think about right. that. The opposite is quick to anger. And I'm like, gosh, I've had that thing. I've had that verse backwards for years. But it's funny, though. In any conversation that starts with, don't be angry, sort of you start to get angry. I mean, where you realize it. Well, or, or, or you, I say, you do because you're so broken. <laughs> you're such a mess. Or it's, it's at least an eye roll. Oh, God. It, it, <laughs> it's a, I'm not sure I want to have this conversation. Of course, in my best moments, I realize, of course, these conversations are always mm -hmm. helpful and they're a gift. That is one of the things that I can now appreciate. I realize any time Joy comes and talks to me about something that's bothering her, right? well, there's no part of me initially that's saying, oh, I can't wait for this conversation. This is going to be awesome. Please rebuke me. But, <laughs> again, with a lot of years now, I am more in a place I realize this is a gift. This is my wife trusting me. Because that's one of the things is with all the moments where I have gotten angry or where I have overreacted, where I have been unkind, the fact that she'd ever still come back with a word, with an honest thing to sharing of her heart, it is an expression of love. It, it is an expression it's a, it's a of... It's a risky thing to do. It's risk, yeah. I, but she's trusting me. Yes. And that's a reminder. If, if your spouse or any friend is yeah. sharing a concern immediately start thinking gift this is a gift think about how hard this is think about i don't like to share when i'm having a struggle with someone no. i don't like to talk about it i don't like to bring so my friend my spouse my neighbor is bringing up a concern that's a gift that's an invitation to stay in relationship I need to see it that way. Yeah. So this is where I turned the corner with Marlena when we were we were we were coming back from a vacation in Florida and we were listening to the book The Road Back to You, the Audible book, and it's about the Enneagram, you know, the nine personality types and all that. And <laughs> okay. Marlena's a one, you know, which and I'm a seven. The seven is just high adventure, fun. Wee. I'm a, I'm a fourteen. Right. Roger's somewhere between a four or five. The in, anyway. But the one is, a, is tends to be a perfectionist, all right? So they live in a world where they have a strong inner critic. In fact, some of them have a choir of critics all the time <laughs> going on in their head. So when Marlena would, 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 she would, what I perceived as she would be critical about something that I did or that I said, you know, I used to just get so frustrated about it because I'm like, yeah, I felt like she's saying I'm not any good at that. And I realized as we listened to this, the one is always trying to improve others. Now think about that. That's not a bad thing. Because look, for instance, Marlene in her workplace is always trying to improve, improve. more that efficient. Makes her, it's what makes her so good yes. at her job. So when I started, when I look, seriously, this is going to seem funny, but when I stopped receiving, when Marlene would say something that I perceived as critical, or hey, you, you need to change this, or I would have done that different, she is trying to improve me. Right. That's a that's that's actually a very good thing. Right. If I perceive it just as criticism, then I'm just going to be frustrated with her. And I'm like, you're just missing all of my great, wonderful gifts and talent. No, she's like, you are great. I want to help you become 
greater. But but and that just circles back to that it's a it's a cousin to believing the best. In other words, is looking at oh, yeah. whatever my spouse is doing or my friend or whoever. Um, let's put the best possible spin on that. And again, I just think about how think about, yeah they're trying to help me. Right now, the funny thing this is a whole different. But I realize sometimes, and I think you're like this too. Sometimes we don't want to be helped. <laughs> well, yes, right. No, it's even like if I'm working on something, and and I'll have wonderful people say, "Hey, can I help you with that?" I'm like, "I'd rather you didn't." Because <laughs> often when people help, they make it worse. <laughs> it slows things down. <laughs> it slows. You're things. going to have multiple opinions on how it should be done. I'm really only interested in my opinion at that point. Exactly. <laughs> this? It's just easier to do it yourself. Gonna do it myself. What is, what it is this? I like. <laughs> what is that? I've never seen that. That's a new. That's the eating on the airplane. I know eating that one. Brian what, Regan. What is this? I'm just gonna do it myself. I guess it's a blinder. <laughs> yes. I, no that's one else it. is here. I don't want to deal with it's, anybody else. That's what just, it is. That's what it is. It's the blinder. I don't see you over there. I don't need your help. I got it. I'm just gonna do it myself. So what do we miss out when we refuse help from others? Community. Community. And often a better better product. I must say, novelty. So here's the thing. If let's say you've been making coffee the same way all of your life, which I did for a long time, and I just thought it was great coffee. It was like Folgers. Which I'm fairly sure isn't actually coffee. <laughs> uh, you people that are concerned about taking a vaccine, you shouldn't be drinking full. It's coffee product is what it is. But all that to say, we, you know, it, it's like uh, several weeks ago on our podcast, we talked about the only way you're going to know that you're wrong about something is by listening to someone that you think is wrong. The other thing, the other way, the, the other way that things get better. Yes. Sometimes it's through experimentation on your own. I yep. get that. And we get it better. But more often than not, particularly in cooking. I learned from someone else. Mark Booth is one of those people I love. Yeah. He just adds a little of this or a little of that or changes the right. the steps. And I'm like, oh, this is really good right. coffee. Right. Just because it was made differently. And again, if we begin to think of people giving us constru constructive criticism, I think that was the idea behind constructive criticism. The person's not trying to tear me down. I'm trying to construct, build up. That's, that's the idea behind it. But we learn new things. We learn better ways to do it. In other words, I was working on, I love working on cars. YouTube has helped so much with working on yep. cars now. I feel like I can do just about anything. But I realize with anything, you you still, this is where another person can be helpful. You still have to think about certain things ahead of time. Like I was putting these new like fog lights into my truck because I have a terrible time seeing at night now. It's, it's really bizarre. I just, it's not good. So. So and it's I, called getting I, old. Yeah, I've watched the video and how you pop the other the other one out and you put the new this new thing in this new case that goes inside because the, the hole's already there for a fog lamp and I'm just trying to ram that thing push and I mean I spend an hour and I'm they get, and it says do this and then I and I look at the light that I'm trying to shove in there and it says DOT three but it's upside down and it's on top. I'm like I'm trying to put the left light in the right side. Which would be the wrong side. I lost an hour. So when we don't get help from others, we can lose a lot of time. And, and I have broken things before, doing it the wrong way. Then you're back on the phone with Amazon. Hey, can you send me another one of those? No, I and I've had the awkward moment of someone giving advice or counsel, or th how they. Because again, that's the thing. You start. People start. Everyone starts chiming in. Yep what you ought to do and so on. And you really don't want to, 
But then you have that moment, someone says, you ought to do it this way, it's easier. And you do it, and it is easier. <laughs> yeah, and it took about 11 minutes. And you realized how silly it was when at first you were pushing back, or even maybe a little short. Um, you know, I've done this before. Right. I, I, I've done this before. And I've, I've had Mark Booth say something like this to me, like, well, you can do it that way. In other words, he's affirming my attempt at doing it the Bruce way. Or you can do it a little thing I like to call the right way. And, Bruce, given I know how much you enjoy doing something faster. Oh, my gosh. You yes. may find... Right. That if you do it this way, it's faster. It's faster. So give it. It's ha just fine. <laughs> have you ever tried to put a transmission shift cable on a 2006 Chevy Avalanche? Oh, my gosh. You know, both times I did that, it was a nightmare. Oh, I was really going with it. <laughs> like, wow, he's actually done that. Starts at the steering column, goes down through the firewall comes out under it goes down in the floorboard then out the right. bottom and comes back to the train I mean, it's a disaster i mean i spent hours and hours and hours just trying to get this one little white clip on it's something that takes about seven seconds if you know what you're doing <laughs> if, you're <laughs> if, if you, you listen don't know what you're somebody doing else <laughs> you will spend hours going this clip can't it can't possibly fit there it's not yep. it's actually humanly scientifically exponentially supernaturally <laughs> impossible and then you watch this one little thing or you hear someone on a thread because i'll go to those threads sometimes like, right. oh here's what you need to do you got it you're putting it on back it's usually my thing you're putting it on backwards <laughs> i guess that would make it harder <laughs> yeah well and it's impossible to put it on backwards it is actually impossible, impossible. but it's because you're a moron bruce so if you just flip that all that to say we need to be quick to listen. That's sort of our podcast theme today. Quick to listen. Well, there's a quick to listen. Slow to reassemble. <laughs> believe the best. Um, but at one level, yeah, if you want your marriage to get to 50 years like Barry Gibb, here are some things that will help. I think that could be a title. I just love the fact that Barry Gibb's been married 50 years and he's actually still alive, although I really hate that the rest of the the G's aren't. I'm confused. <laughs> I, you would have to be alive to, to be married 50 years. And yes. they were surprised. At, I guess you can be surprised at both, though. Yes. Because how does that make him? Like 75, 80? Well, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I, he... I mean, you realize that I will hit 50 years married before I'm 70? <laughs> That's crazy. That's nuts. Congratulations. We all hope you make it that far. Not the marriage, just living. <laughs> <laughs> Juggle track. We're playing the juggle. So Friends, we just hope we've been yes. helpful to you. Quick to listen. So remember, the six words you can always say to your spouse... When they're sharing something that's potentially painful, is I'm so sorry. Tell me more. Yes, I'm. And then after that, go on the attack. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm, I'm better for us having had this podcast today. I've been reminded. 
I've learned new things. I've learned the phrase, tell me more. So ho, hopefully ho, ho. it's been as helpful for our listeners as it has been for us. Merry Christmas, and will we see them next week? Well, I was going to ask you about that. Um, What's Christmas Day? I don't even know. Christmas Day is a Friday, so Christmas Eve is Thursday, so so we could do that. Yeah. Wednesday, 23rd. Today is the 10th episode, and next week would be the 11th. And then we'll do one more, maybe. That would give us 12 episodes. And then, 2021, we could start season 